Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Ether is the perfect drug for Las Vegas. In this town, they love a drunk. Fresh meat. Come on, buddy. So they put us through the turnstiles and turned us loose inside. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dose of Ether. This is your host, Lucian, and joining me is our trusty co-host, Evan Van Ness. How are you doing, Evan? What's going on? Chilling. Sunny day. I'm locked down. I mean, honestly, being a software developer who works from home, um, my lifestyle hasn't changed substantially. Um, although I do feel like I've been getting out and exercising outdoors more consistently now that it's spring. (laughs) (laughs) Software development life. I've been in quarantine, which means that I'm exercising outside more often. (laughs) I've been trying to keep up with Ethereum development, therefore self-enforced quarantine for the past three years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's the only way to keep up. (laughs) This this is my last day of, of quarantine, so I'm day 14. Of course, you know, now they're saying that maybe, it, you know, sometimes the incubation period is longer than 21 or 14 days. Can maybe be 21 days. Who really knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, so far, so good, at least for me. No, no symptoms. I felt great. I can't complain. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people obviously from ECC can't say the same thing. The, you know, in the newsletter, which I published, I think on Sunday morning, I said, you know, there are nine people that have, that have tested positive. And then, you know, this is from two weeks ago now, which I guess at the time was like, you know, nine or 10 days before, but now we are at, uh, well, I think. I think the the spreadsheet got taken down yesterday and it was at 18 people having self-reported. And I know of a few that were either right after, like literally right after the spreadsheet got taken down or just didn't want to put their name on, on it. I mean, we're definitely over 20 for sure. So yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, the after party was a place where there was a lot of contagion. So Mm -hmm. It's a good thing that I'm old and skipped out on the after party after like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was I... so loud. I, I know it's like old man shakes fist. Like it's so loud, but it was so loud. Uh, and I mean, actually, I think that's why all of the contagion happened because they like, you know, you have to lean in to talk to people, which means you're, you know, getting your saliva on them and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, right. I just think that was bad. And apparently they kept turning the noise up, the music up after after I left, like kept turning it up as, as we went on, which is, I thought it was insanely loud when I was there. So, <laughs> Especially like, when I you're going left... to the party to network and socialize and talk with people. Like I doubt people are like dancing at nine in the morning because they're not drunk yet. Well, no, it was at night, but... And, and people, were, I mean, there was a dance floor and I, people did start dancing and it's like, as I left. So I assume that probably there were people dancing, but uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely was not, I mean, I don't think the majority of people were, but the, the music was so loud. I mean, it was basically a club, right? But um, 
Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm too old for that. Yeah, I hope um, everyone gets a speedy recovery. Fortunately, the space um, skews fairly young, and I hope there haven't been any kind of like ill effects of them having contracted the virus, except for the fact that they've probably spread it since going back home. Um, yeah, most people who did attend now are in self um self-enforced isolation or quarantine as a result um yeah it's it's unfortunate but it's um it's one of these like very weird kind of times in which we don't know whether um a full return to normalcy uh, to like normal is essentially possible or if um the way our society works and organizes and congregates into city centers and goes to conferences with after parties with tons of loud music um if that's going to essentially like persist or if that's slowly going to change um shift more towards like remote work being the normal virtual teleconferences um that would be a bit unfortunate because I love the Ethereum events and I can't wait for this to pass and hopefully in time for the next DevCon. Um, but we have no idea whether that's going to happen or not at this point. Yeah, it's that's an interesting point. It is, I think I said in the annotated edition that I do of my weekly Ethereum newsletter, you know, I wonder what the next big ETH event will be because I frankly, I mean, basically everything before summer has already been canceled. Now you talk about the stuff after summer or during summer, there isn't that much that happens during the summer. So then you get into the September and then you're in October and then it's DevCon. I mean, I, you know, you would think that we would probably be back to normal. You know, these like this, this is, you know, people call it Corona, but it coronavirus is just a class of, of viruses. This isn't particularly new, right? SARS was a coronavirus. Um, you know, there's been a few others. Uh, and, you know, humidity uh, basically kills kills this thing and makes the transmission rate drop way down to the point where these things usually die in the summertime. So you assume we'll be okay, but, you know, we really, really can't tell. Right. Oh, no. Yeah, and it also depends because, like, we also don't really know how far we are in terms of uh, the effect infection to remediation curve. Um, we haven't tested very well, but yeah, we have like no data continue, on any of it. <laughs> yeah, before we continue down um, the slippery slope of uh, of continuing to talk, it seems like most of my conversations like start in one way or another about this. Um, but I mean, yeah. it, it's crypto. Everybody is obsessed with this stuff, you know. It's uh, right. Slightly We've, paranoid people that get into crypto and blah blah blah. And we all got into the space preparing, like because of the last financial crisis. We we're all like advocates of hard, programmatically established uh, distribution of hard money. Um, like, yeah, the, the whole start of the cryptocurrency space specifically has been a counter reaction to a, uh, previous financial crisis. And now we have one that's triggered by a health crisis. So 
we can't help but speculate like how similar is this going to be to the 2008 uh, financial crisis versus like how similar is this going to be to previous pandemics and uh, we can't help but extrapolate the way things are currently going far into the future um, so yeah I I don't think I'm gonna plan on going to uh, DevCon <laughs> in November unless something like radically changes I just don't think developed countries have the ability to enforce uh, quarantines the way China did um, and we don't have the organization and testing facilities that um, South Korea does so I'm kind of just sitting back and being like, yep, this is going to play out for like the foreseeable immediate future, at least. Um, but yeah, I'm probably more optimistic on society than you are, but it is definitely an, an, a lot of, you know, unknowns in there. Uh, what I was going to say, bring it back to crypto is, you know, today is actually the day where markets are crypto markets are quite uncorrelated with uh the you know equities um, crypto markets are up like eth is up 20 percent today mm -hmm. and i believe that the the actual like s p 500 us equities market is flat yeah i'm looking up it's flat at the moment which is uh, you know <laughs> unusual of course because it's been like all up or all down right lately um, right per, per per day per day um and you know eth is up 20 percent but bitcoin is, tra is trailing a bit uh and then you know whatever um <laughs> which is interesting yeah the i guess i i guess i coincidentally betray how i uh, think about all of crypto <laughs> as i yeah. said many times i think that basically it's all a scam i mean i think bitcoin is an unsustainable meme coin so like i mean outside of eth it's to me it's pretty slim pickings i mean there are some like legit projects out there that don't get me wrong, but I mean, if you look through the top twenty-five of uh, coin market cap, it's 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 pretty bad. I mean, IOTA is still in there, Tron is in there. Like, speaking anyway. of coins that recently exited the top twenty-five, Maker, <laughs> Maker's done oh, yeah. substantially this week, and um, that's also going to be the crux, the major crux of our discussion today, because Maker is the um, maker of the die stablecoin. Um, <laughs> I didn't know how what else to call them. The minters. I I don't know. Um, the maintainers of the smart contract that produces die. Well, uh, would you like to give a bit of background regarding what happened? Yeah, where to start, right? Um, so. You know, there was a day last week, I believe it was Thursday, Black Thursday, that's right, that uh, there was a big sell-off of risk assets around the world. And, and you know, one funny thing that we have found in crises is that uh, all assets tend towards one, a correlation of one, basically, in crises. So people tell you things like, you know, gold is uncorrelated with, you know, equities and Bitcoin is a store of value and uncorrelated with equities. And of course, that's all like maybe true and, you know, whatever. But in crises, basically everything goes down together. Um, Bitcoin went down, you know, 50 percent, as did ETH, um, as did, you know, basically all of crypto basically in lockstep. In fact, I think I saw a chart where the correlation of crypto is actually higher of crypto movements 
is actually higher. Uh, like all cryptos are moving together, like compared to like more than any other time uh, in history, basically. Um, anyway, so there was because of that, a lot of people, you know, were trying to, to try to sell their ETH so they could buy it, you know, later on that day when uh, the, the the price had stabilized, and uh, the that meant the gas prices went insane. Um, gas prices went to like 200 guay uh, just to get your transaction in in the next you know minute or two and that meant that like some of makers oracles got hung up which is frankly kind of disappointing uh, they stopped working for an hour or two they claimed that it was had nothing to do with with this other thing um, but the the other thing is that when stuff goes down a lot if if it drops below a collateralization threshold, then people that are locking up ETH or a couple of other things like BAT or um, now USDC, which we'll probably talk about later, but BAT or, or Brave's attention token or, or ETH uh, are locking up to collateralize their ETH to create DAI. So you lock up you know, $1,000 worth of ETH and you create 500 die, let's say, and then we know that the the system can trust that these these 500 die can actually be relatively pegged to the value of one dollar, and uh, basically these the, these positions since they had dropped 50 percent, so that ETH that was worth 200 or a thousand, sorry, whatever I said in my example, if the ETH was worth a thousand and you had 500 die, if the ETH drops 50 percent and now it's worth 500 die. Well, then now it's dropped below the, the threshold and it, and it needs to be liquidated. Well, Maker's way of doing that is to have an auction where there's a minimum 13% penalty. Um, but they, I, I, there are these people run these bots to participate in these auctions. But I happen to know some people that maintain these bots and they're not super profitable, right? So uh, the, 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 the bots basically some of them I think hard coded in a, ma a maximum gas price which kind of makes sense right like you don't want to accidentally get bankrupted by your you know some somebody giving you a bad gas price and making you bid insane amounts of money for an auction that might not be worth it um, so you know basically what happened is they were holding these auctions and there was only one bot bidding and the auction, the bot maintainer realized like, hey, we don't have to bid anything. We can literally bid like, you know, Close a tenth of a cent. Yeah. And and so they picked up basically eight million dollars in ETH uh, for free. Now, to be fair, like I, I, if you go look, it actually seems like there was um, like two groups, maybe three. Um, there were like three separate time periods where this happened, um, but one of them in particular it seems like they made uh like 30,000 eth i believe it was and so yeah so that's a problem for maker uh, not only because of course people that had all their eth liquidated for zero when they thought they might be getting liquidated you know they might get 25% back if you do the numbers like they probably weren't going to get more than like 25% of their collateral back but they literally got zero back but also it meant that the the MKR which would have um, been burned 
from this auction uh, got didn't didn't happen either. So now the system is instead of being in like a couple hundred thousand dollars of surplus is now in five four million dollars. Uh, I think it got close to five million dollars. Um, actually, I think it was actually even got to like six million dollars um, in in deficit. So I know I've rambled a lot here. I'm sorry, but they're now having a an auction of MKR uh, in order to uh, get the system back to being debt free, basically, in lots of and so there's there's a system there's an auction it's going on right now. And it is um, lots of, I believe, fifty thousand die is the uh, the amount of to bid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so each lot is fifty thousand die. And uh, currently, the price of maker is um, two hundred and sixty six dollars. Auctions have just started, so. Um, in the next few days, because this is spread out over several days, um, we will see essentially how much Maker needs to be printed in order to make up the surplus. Um, it's an interesting mechanism, and I always thought <laughs> during boom time, of course, that um, Maker was being <clears throat> overly cautious with regards to um, essentially how how much um, surplus they're requiring users to have, essentially. And now it seems like a simple, like, unforeseen variable, like high gas prices, could have even wiped that away so quickly. And it happened basically before anyone really realized what was happening. Obviously, if other people would have known what was going on and would have been able to react fast enough, other people would have tried to bid because of the economic incentives um, involved here. But it happens that like the way the liquidation of CDPs, which is collateralized debt positions, which is how... Um, die is actually minted they happen within such a short time period that even had people started noticing um, it's possible that their transactions wouldn't have been processed fast enough in um, a panic type situation where everyone was essentially trying to like get their specific transactions in in order to sell fast enough um yeah it's uh it's quite unfortunate (laughs) What do you mean by that? Sorry. Sorry. I was saying that even if people did realize that um, the auctions were happening um, at such a low price, then it would have been hard to essentially ensure that your transactions make it into the transaction pool in time to actually make um, make the specific trades uh, because gas prices were so high and blocks were full um you can't actually like just put more money into the system with the guarantee that your money uh, that your transaction would be put into this block because miners could have already kind of done the work to um 
essentially order transactions into a specific block and do the proof of work uh, for that specific 15 second block period. I'm just saying that like, given the circumstances, it is like, I'm trying to assign blame basically. And do you think it's fair to say that um, high gas prices, uh, network congestion, combined with the fact that um, many of the arbitrage bots weren't programmed for such a rapid, severe um, price decrease, uh, combined with the network congestion that results from it, um, were like the main culprits here? Is that a fair assumption? So, yeah, actually, I guess I in my rundown, which was probably a little bit overly rambling, I, th- I think I left out the most important part, <laughs> which is um, uh, basically like there were a lot of these auctions happening. And I think most of the bots just ran out of dye. Right. Like they right. were like they bid on some on some dye and then they ran out. And like if 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 somebody hadn't woken up and put dye into them, then um, then they weren't going to happen now. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I actually don't really think like network congestion, I think, wasn't really that much of an issue. I mean, if you like, I mean, these things like somebody was making millions of dollars, like paying ten dollars to get your transaction in the next block or in the next five blocks or whatever, which is, you know, you didn't need to get in one block. You just needed to get in the next 40 blocks. Right. right. Um, so, uh, I mean, network congestion wasn't really a thing. I, I mean, the 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 thing is that everybody ran out of die. And then, the, oddly enough, the price of DAI was skyrocketing. I mean, skyrocketing is a relative term for a stablecoin, right? But um, the price of DAI like in USDC. Max, right? Yeah, it actually went a little bit higher than that, depending on where you look and at what time. Um, but, uh, and it's funny because people were selling their DAI for USDC because not only was the you know, the system you know, destabilized, but actually a lot of people wanted to buy USDC buy die so that they could participate in 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 this thing or they wanted to buy die because you know whenever these things happen like the price drops a lot well then like some people want to get into die because they want to you know like it's it's a trade they want to get out of their out of their crypto um but also they want the you know the the compound rate or the dydx rate goes up to like 25 percent, so they want to get that so um yeah, I mean, I, I think like mainly, so like you can actually go look at a chart like, and it's in um, it's in my latest weekendethereumnews.com issue. Uh, it's like, here is a write-up of the maker liquidations with data and graphs. I think I undersold it a little bit. Um, I think maybe because I had just done such a big write-up that I didn't, uh, which is unusual for me, um, to that I didn't like sell it a lot. But like there was like somebody made like, like a million and a half dollars and then nothing happened for like two hours. And then somebody over the course of like 30 minutes made like $6 million. And then there was an entire period of like 10 hours where nobody made anything. And then, uh, and actually it seems like the person that made that, that $6 million, they turned off their bot. (laughs) And and then and then because they turned it off, somebody else managed to get theirs online, and then they made another like million plus. Um, wow! So like it, I think it basically just comes down to Maker wasn't running enough of their own keepers. They hadn't 
they hadn't um, incentivized enough. Like, I mean, when you think about it, the fact that the system depended on this, like they should have been running their own keepers, right? I mean, it should theoretically be profitable. And if it's not, then they need to change the change the game up, right? Um, right. Change the incentives a little bit. And I, yeah, I mean, they, I, I think frankly, like the worst part of this whole story in some ways is the fact that, you know, something like 10 hours passed and then it's the problem still wasn't fixed. And there was only one bot that was running when a, a few more auctions went off. So, yeah. Uh, but there's some good sides to this story, too. Maybe we can get into those. Well, right before we get into the good side, the remediation, how this is um, being fixed and potentially even um, like the current prospects of the uh, auctions, I want to uh, bring up the fact that there are people on the other side of the zero auction dies, <clears throat> and they won't necessarily be made whole, right? So the people who took out the CDPs, who minted die using their Ethereum as collateral, um, they essentially received close to nothing for their tranches. Um, what have you heard regarding, like, I don't know of any initiative um, or attempt on Maker's part to make those individuals whole. Technically, this is how the system was designed. Um, technically, like, they were expected to lose a very large amount of money because <clears throat> their assets um, fell below the collateralization ratio, and this is why people have a 300% um, collateralization at least, which may not have been enough at the time. But yeah, right. what happens to those people? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't think anybody knows. I think Maker has got to fix its system first, and then it can assess whether it can try to um, compensate some of those people. I do think though that like uh, there was some places where it said 13% penalty, even though what it actually is, is that it's a minimum 13% penalty. Um, and there are other instances, right? Like, it's not like anytime you have an auction, it's not like you always reach the maximum theoretical price, you know? And, and especially because the way they do it, there's like a 10 minute delay. So especially if the price is dropping fast, then you're never going to get 13%. In fact, I know a friend that lost a decent chunk of his ETH holdings because he got liquidated and, you know, he was leveraged up too, which of course is like, you know, pretty normal and in, in this for people that are doing these. So it's not like he was just going to take the 13% penalty. It was compounded over a couple of times. And uh, I think he got, you know, I don't think he got nothing, but I think he got very little because it was much more than a 13% penalty. And of course he didn't complain about it because like, he knew or i mean if he didn't know then he went and looked and uh you know either way he was like the only person at that time that it basically happened to um i i you know look i think it's like a hard problem hard problem i you know just make her so first of all how much like it, 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 because it's it was an auction you have to like make a bunch of assumptions in there. It's not a deterministic process. It's not like you can just do the math 
and say like, oh, they should have only lost $40 or 40%. Like, I mean, it is a, an auction. So they would have to apply some bank blanket policy who of course everybody would have, you know, would, would nitpick with. I think the average would be something like 25% of what they gave back, which would which would still be like $2 million for, for Maker, um, which doesn't seem insane to me. I mean, Maker does have money, right? So um, I don't, don't think that should be absolutely out of, you know, out of the outside of the realm of possibility. But, right. um, you know, I know like Nexus Mutual had had a bunch of claims and, you know, frankly, it's like a it's a it's a hard question there. Right. Like people are, are, are giving their sob stories about how they lost all their money and how they didn't know. And frankly, like I think people should have known. I mean, if you're opening up a CDP or a vault, like it is leverage, right? Like you are gambling. Like you have to know that that is intrinsic to the whole idea, right? Um, so, you know, like bad stuff happens when you use leverage in general. Um, right. When, uh, and like I would be a lot more sympathetic if like people that were holding die, you know, die fell to like eighty cents or something. Uh, I think that's like a different category. Um, but like there was nothing in the solidity code, you know, like Nexus mutual covers, it offers smart contract cover, um, which means, you know, is there a hack? Is there a bug in the code? And there was no bug in the code. I mean, at no point was there a, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, in some ways it's subjective, right? Like what is it? What is a bug? It is whatever, it's whatever you don't like <laughs> by some definitions, right. but by another definition, it's, it's really like, you know, um, it, it, you know, like, was there actually something that couldn't be expected or, or, you know, was there a bug in the compiler that led to, uh, you know, people losing money? And there was nothing like that in this case. It was simply the fact that a second bot didn't show up to bid in these auctions. Yeah. And it's also very interesting that they realized that they were the only ones bidding, um, the way that a lot of these auctions work, I assume, is they actually um, like replace their bids within the transaction pool. Um, so they basically like place bids. They notice that someone has a higher bid within the transaction pool. They uh, raise the price um, on their bid. <clears throat> Maker already implemented some mechanisms to ensure that there isn't a gas price war in combination to this. But um, it's it's really interesting that um, it's not technically a bug, but it is um, how John Maynard Keynes would say it, like the markets could stay irrational longer than you could stay solvent. I think this is the perfect example of that. Um, and yeah, it's... I mean, market, yeah, market mechanics and market structure matters. And, um, you know, it's funny in Nexus Mutual's chat, there was somebody that was arguing that, 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 you know, the fact that Maker was changing a bunch of governance parameters was proof that it was a bug. And I think to most of us, it was the opposite, right? Like the fact that Maker didn't change any code, they're basically just changing some governance parameters pretty much proves the point that it wasn't it wasn't a bug in the code like it was 
just they hadn't gotten the incentives right. Right. And, uh, you know, it, what, what, also interesting, slightly off, off topic, but you had referred to it earlier. Uh, they actually, there used to be a big surplus, right? Because all of these auctions were, um, or all of these things, these maker, these CDPs were getting closed and maker was getting, getting burnt. Anyway, there was a, there was a, a, a surplus in the system and uh, like two or three months ago, I think it was right after DevCon and Maker actually changed the government governance parameter to keep a little bit less of buffer right. <laughs> of die in, in the system, which, you know, in retrospect, I have a feeling that, um, you know, like everything obviously after the fact looks like, oh, how could you have thought that? But uh, in retrospect, I you know, I think they are probably going to be much more careful about these economic parameters and probably leave a lot more in there but yeah it yeah. also kind of makes them com these types of things uh especially increasing their um like security buffer makes them uh less competitive than their centralized counterparts because the larger the security buffer that they have the more competitive it is to US some, use something like USDC. <clears throat> and this is a, a good segue into um, what changes Maker made in their governan governance structure uh, from here on. Like, what changes have they made? The first one that we've already mentioned is the fact that they've allowed USDC, which is a stablecoin produced by... Uh, Coinbase, which is essentially like proof of the fact that you have deposited money on Coinbase in a ERC-20 form. Like, what other uh, changes have they made to their governance, to the incentives? Um, they made a bunch, like, immediately after. What were they? Yeah, they did make a bunch. Um, so they, you know, they, they slashed the, the, the Psy and the die stability fee. Um, and then they slashed it again a few days later. They messed with the debt ceiling, uh, which is just the amount of psi and die that can be printed. Uh, they changed all of the settings on both the liquidation auctions and also on this MKR auction that's, that started today. Uh, so they basically made it so that there was different uh, lot sizes and how long the auction would would last and of course maker and true maker style the the way they do their their uh their code which the security community hates <laughs> but the maker team uh is hell-bent on keeping it is they they only use three letter and four letter and like i think three letter is a verb and four letter is or is a function and four letter is a is a variable or something that's not quite right but um so the 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 flip like the they they're the liquidation auction they call the flip and the mkr auction to get back into system surplus or system um system equilibrium non non-debt is called the flop so you you know there's like a there's a a, a hump to get over just to understand this stuff and then they also a good uh, a good way to remember it right now is that currently Maker is flopping, and it yeah. seems oddly fitting. So they're selling Maker tokens in order to make up for a debt. 
and they call yeah. that a flop. Yeah, it's funny, you know, in, in retrospect, you know, variable naming is always seems funny. Uh, the other thing they did was they changed the governance security module, which is basically just, there was that article from Michael Zoltu around December, maybe the end of December, that was like, all you need is 20 million to steal 300 million. And it was the idea that because there wasn't a lot of maker voting in their governance, then you could basically have a sneak attack where you where you got enough maker and MKR, excuse me, you got enough MKR and then you voted it all to give yourself all the money. So uh, in order to combat that, they changed, changed it to a delay of 24 hours after any vote happens to the time when that is executed so that you can countermand that basically and vote for mm -hmm. something else. And they reduced that from 24 hours to four hours so that they could have faster speeds of, of, of changing stuff. Right. And they also, as we said, USDC, and they also added like a like decentralized uh, circuit breaker uh, in mm -hmm. there as well. Um, yeah. And there's so, also, yeah, but, it's but worth USDC noting, is obviously the big one. <laughs> there's also something called the Faker DAO, which is uh, a way to pool your maker to sell your vote to the highest bidder. I don't know if they did this for real or um, they did it as a a way to essentially like highlight that security vulnerability in the maker uh, token voting mechanism. But the faker DAO is essentially like a uh, DAO that is selling your vote of maker tokens uh, to the highest bidder. Yeah, I mean, I think the maker, like Mariano, says something like, you know, like, you should go ahead and do it because, like, you know, set the code for it out there because if, like, it can be done, then it eventually will be done. So it's better to, like, make us prepare for it. So, um, you know, it's still, it's actually quite hard to get $20 million of maker in order to do this. Like, you would have to, I mean, like... You can't yeah, borrow... I mean, C maker like you can't borrow it from compound because <clears throat> those aren't the right. same tokens as uh the mainnet tokens that you need to participate in actual votes like you need the actual tokens and if i'm not mistaken um there's a very large portion of the maker tokens that are held by the vc companies that actually uh financed it early on like uh, a16z for example so it would be really difficult without either the I think the the founders and the venture capitalists could pull off such an attack, um, but they don't actually vote with their with their tokens um, and they could change the protocol by changing the code base anyways. So that's not it's not really a realistic uh, attack vector. Yeah, I mean, the you know, people talk about the, the venture firms that could do it. And I, you know, there's certainly some cartelization that could definitely do it. There's no doubt about that. But why in would order they? to have $20 million <laughs> of maker, well, not even that, yeah. but like in order to have $20 million of maker, even, even outside of the venture firms, like, I mean, you would know, it would be known who you were and you would be exposed to the legal liability that... Right you know, probably outweighs even the $300 million that you were going to make. Like, 
I mean, there's no way any almost anyone can get like unless you're really an early ETH whale that has never touched an exchange, uh, and you've I don't know you've you've gone through a mixer or something, then like maybe you could pull this off but then like cashing it out i mean there's no mixer that could handle that kind of volume there's yeah yeah, it's highly certainly be challenging yeah even with all the flash loans and whatnot i mean it's just very be very difficult like the the supply of maker mkr out there is just not that high and it seems like it'd be much profitable to just sit on arbitrage bot and wait for these types of opportunities than it would be to actually like mess with the governance structure right now what else in governance has changed um to prevent future types of attacks i i think that was most of it i think the the other only other big one is the usdc thing that Mm. which is supposed to help what's um, your opinion on the usdc um aspect yeah it's nice to be a purist and it it does feel a little weird because now there is a a portion of Dai that is backed by you know a a centralized regulated stablecoin. So you know uh, it's not trustless. You know we I I feel relatively confident that Circle and Coinbase are are much more than just solvent. You know and liquid, um, quite profitable. But it does feel pretty strange. Flip side is that for them, I think in a pragmatic, practical way, like they, right now, Dai, well, Dai was still selling at, 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 it's in some places at a 5% premium to USDC. And the way you make it possible to bring the peg down, bring it down, is you let people make that trade easier. So if people can just do a USDC vault, and lock up USDC to get die, sell that die for you know a dollar and five in USDC, and then run through that cycle a few times. Then it it's it's a way to bring the peg down from 105 to or bring the excuse me not the peg but bring it down towards the peg, and, and instead of being 105, have it be 10, hopefully one. I think right now it's like 1015 or 102, so it's not quite there. But it, it did work to some degree. And currently, it's worth noting that the uh, maker flop auctions of selling maker tokens has um, kept the price of maker tokens as of recording um, around $266, which is about where it would be given uh, the amount of maker tokens that are expected to be liquidated. So it's not like the price of maker is falling drastically uh, because of lack of involvement and it seems like people are paying attention and surprisingly um, acquiring a speculative asset like maker at the expected value um, which is strange for crypto in general (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you want to talk about the the backstop yeah, we should definitely talk about uh, the backstop. Why don't uh, you tell us what it is? And Sure, I'll, I've been rambling, so I'll try to just be brief here. The backstop is basically people that have come in and decided to pull their money together and make sure that there is a backstop to make sure that Maker gets its system back to being debt-free. 
And so they have pulled together a bunch of money. I think at the moment it's like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh, four hundred fifty thousand yeah. die. And that's only from it going live two or three hours ago. Probably a little longer now, but not that longer. And yeah. It's uh, wanna... worth noting the fact that by backstop they're also they mean that they are contributing die to establish a minimum price for maker tokens because if the price of maker tokens falls too far then they simply won't be able to sell enough tokens to make back the five million dollar target that they need in order to re-collateralize the system um, within the parameters established within their smart contract so the idea is that if people stop bidding at the current price of 266 or lower, everyone says uh, everyone within the MakerDAO backstop agrees in advance programmatically through a smart contract that we'll link to in the show notes that they will buy Maker at $100, right? So... so that's yeah. the back spot uh, stop essentially they're saying that we're committed we're it's like seeing a giant candlestick in a uh, exchange where like there's four hundred thousand dollars worth of um of buy options that are set at the price of a hundred dollar die so that it can't fall below that and so that at least the system won't become um, so uncollateralized because the auctions weren't able to recoup that. So that sounds like a super profitable, or well, possibly super profitable with no downside. I'm going to put all my money in. Sounds like a great idea, right? Right. <laughs> a smart contract that was made in a rush in the last two, three days. <laughs> that has already no, to people listening that's 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 sarcasm <laughs> i have already... i have I... bitcoiner is like attacking me for stuff like that all the time so <laughs> i only... just to make it crystal clear there's no risk in putting all of your money in a smart contract that was made two days ago with a bug bounty program that just went live earlier today with only a thousand dollar rewards yes yeah um well it's, it's a four hundred fifty thousand dollar reward right now <laughs> yeah well the legal like the white hat reward is a thousand dollars per bug um but yes the illegal or like black hat reward is the current face value which is at least uh 400 close to four hundred fifty thousand dollars. um it's a fairly large contract it's got a very large surface um over 1200 lines of code although a lot of that was comments so i don't know how much of that is actually like functioning code um but yeah it's well we looked at the uml too and it's i mean it's not i don't know they they said it's a it's simple logic and uh and you know, I, if, I don't want to disagree with him, but it's not super simple. <laughs> right. Let me put it that way. Yes. And I also agree with its intentions, which is a community effort to ensure a successful auction of Maker. 
which is great um yeah and i wish it was made a little easier so that uh you could set up for example transactions that could live within the transaction pool um that essentially auto execute rather than pooling transactions together into a uh, single ethereum smart contract but as you mentioned before each tranche is fifty thousand die so you can't exactly participate in this uh, flop auction process uh, to buy die currently unless you're willing to invest in tranches of fifty thousand dollars or above um which isn't normal which isn't like exclusive uh normally there are auctions in various tiers for uh different um different blocks of um of die i'm more familiar with auctions that happen in the reverse context not um buying die in order to sell maker but usually um they're essentially uh selling ether which is which was the main collateral behind die um in exchange for die so yeah i i think the auction is going to go off like without too much of a hitch because there are too many eyes and the simple like fact of how much money is currently locked up in die even though it drastically declined within the last week um, the amount of money that is already working in the system and the amount of investment that Maker has, um, plus the amount of attention that is now being put on this specific auction process, the combination of all of this probably is going to lead to a successful um, auction, in my opinion. Um yeah, I, I just pulled up die auctions, and it looks like, if I'm understanding this right, the MKR is going for like a hundred and fifteen dollars. No, some of these prices have actually gone off successfully. No way. Uh, maybe Already. I'm maybe I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty surprised. Also, that if that's the case, how how the price is is holding up at two hundred and sixty six? Honestly. Hmm. Um, somebody's making a killing because you can literally oh and apparently MKR just went up to 335 uh, while we were talking by the way Wow. Um, it's up 65% whereas earlier in our conversation it was up 32% Um, Hmm. yeah I don't know crazy so that's amazing I'm actually looking at the MCD debt auction now now it's at 30 again who knows Maybe there was a little coin market cap blip there. I'm uh I can I'll send a link and I'll post this. It's dioctions.com dash flop and prices currently are uh two hundred and twenty two point two. They are falling though. They're down to two fifteen. Wait, what did you say that you have, what do you have the price at? Um dioctions.com slash flop. And um, I was just a second ago. Oh, maybe I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> oh, 
auction prices have gone up to 250. See, it's kind of okay. crazy that and makes, a bit that of makes memory. a lot more sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I, I'm curious where were you looking for uh, the prices? It's weird because watching yeah. act, the actual like price feeds, um, auctions start low. They start around uh, two fifteen, and they typically go out. Uh, they go up. Sometimes to two fifty, sometimes lo just lower. Um, yeah, well, this is this is bullish. I mean, bullish that uh, that it's uh, it's working out. I mean, that's good to good to say. Okay, uh, so it currently says that the debt to pay off. I don't know how accurate this is is only um 36,900 how is that possible when the uh tranches yeah, are supposed I, I to be 50,000 I don't think that's uh, I don't I don't know what that is but I don't think that's I think die stats is probably more likely to be accurate got it okay it's, so I was looking at the plus. flop for maker got it huh well, that's what happens when you do a, a podcast in real time. <laughs> we, right, we've run out of things to say. It's probably time to wrap up. <laughs> yep, we'll post uh, we'll post up to date information regarding this. And uh, yes, apparently there is. Uh, we'll post information regarding this in uh, real time, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but just to close it out, how? Um, What's your perspective on on this? Like, do you think this is going to go off well? Because it's going to be a couple of days from now. It's we're talking about something that's happening in real time. Um, <clears throat> I'm fairly optimistic that maker prices haven't already completely collapsed, even though the auctions have started. Um, and yeah, it's the maker price has gone from. 266 to 264 thus far it seems like the market um partially at least took a discount to the price during the auction time um but we'll see i don't know i hope it all goes well <laughs> that's basically yeah like... it seems <laughs> go ahead it seems, seems like it is yeah well let's hope for the best and uh we'll do a follow-up regarding exactly how it played out um yeah i think i'm well, optimistic <laughs> cautiously optimistic well we'll <laughs> we'll see you then see you then take care cheers Bye.